Jersey on in the meantime and press play when the F's done I can't wait until the next day trying to stay in tune with the C's that's the best way hey there welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast thank you for making this show part of your daily routine I'm here for you generally Monday through Friday once the season gets going again in a couple of weeks it's a Monday through Friday podcast but right now we're in the middle of a special series a deep dive into the Brad Stevens coaching era. Today is show three. If you've missed parts one and two, go back and listen to those or watch those on YouTube. But we're getting deeper into the Brad Stevens coaching era. Now the Celtics have moved into, it was supposed to be a rebuild. This was supposed to be like a little bit of a tank, but Isaiah Thomas has pulled them up a little bit more. So let's continue the conversation with Mike Dynan and Chuck McKinney. Let me, let me also throw this out there. Let, even if even if the Justice Winslow thing work continues to work out the way it did, if he if if the Celtics are eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, or fourteenth, do they go for Miles Turner? Does Devin Booker is Devin Booker a Boston Celtic? If if Isaiah Thomas is just a star instead of a superstar over that stretch, do the Celtics get Devin Booker and not Terry Rozier? And and is is that the the third guy, I mean, what if what if the Celtics have Devin Booker on this team right now? Yeah, it's a great point. So Booker at 13 is the star there. Um, yeah. That's who they missed out on. And you're right, Booker at 13. That's if you really want to play um, sports hub radio host and, <laughs> and fret over, over that, it's the Celtics didn't tank hard enough. Had they tanked hard enough, they would have Devin Booker. Um so that's you know, is it that's, is it not at well, least I'm, fair? I'm getting cheered up now. <laughs> I'm getting cheered up. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to do it in a fair way. I'm not trying to do it in a like the I, the the overall point was that Isaiah Thomas was so good that he accelerated the process. And you know, in, speaking of it in terms of Brad Stevens being whatever we think of him as a coach, that. That could have been part of it. What if the Celtics didn't make the playoffs that year and, and all of the stuff that I said, but also what if they didn't make it that year? Do people still have this opinion of Brad Stevens? And it's the, the point here is that Isaiah Thomas, his ascension in Boston, that little run starting with this season, that 2014, 15 season, that run shaped the opinion that people have of Brad Stevens because they were hand in hand. Isaiah did what he did because Isaiah was awesome. He's the little guy, you know, shout out Tommy. But also Brad was the coach that saw this through and said, Hey, we're, we are building, we are going to go and ride this wave and 
We're going to build our offense around what Isaiah Thomas does best, and we're not going to try to push him into a certain type of player or a certain role or I've got my system and blah, blah, blah. Like they just said, fine, Isaiah Thomas. And and I'll add this, and this is this is the best argument for Brad Stevens having a, a, a real strong influence on this. That team in 2014-15, let me just get back to that season here, had the what do we have the 12th they were the 12th ranked defense that year the next season they were the fourth ranked defense with Isaiah Thomas on the team the season after that the 13th ranked defense so they were never below 13 defensively with Isaiah Thomas on that team and clearly targeted they still found a way to have good defenses and in one year they were the fourth best defense so there, that's your Stevens effect. That's how you say, well, on top of this, Stevens is getting these guys to figure out how to play defense, and I, it is still on the floor. Yeah, I mean, the process. I, I despise the process, and I think as a fan, you have to. It, it's you know, I think you want your franchise to compete for championships, but it's like at what cost? If you tell me that they're going to be playing meaningless basketball for 10 years. I'm going to be like, okay, I'll check out and come back in 10 years. And then, you know, is that, that's not, I don't view that as good business or, you know, I'm part of this is producing a product for fans to be engaged. So I abhor the process. And I think the Celtics had the best of both worlds in that they were able to, to, to play into this success um, kind of embrace it, success in quotes, because they didn't, they weren't dependent on their own draft picks to rebuild. At the same time, they were ascending. Brooklyn was declining, and you could see it. So I think that was, you know, it all came together. If Brooklyn was was a top team in the league, maybe Ainge says, "Hey, wait a minute. Now Isaiah is too good. I got to move him for draft picks." And I got to tell Stevens that, you know, we need to tank a little. But it just really was kind of like the perfect storm. Um, and it just helped, you know, it, it, it just, you know, and without a doubt, you know, Isaiah and the team success fueled Brad. And you're right, it's this kind of cycle, one feeding the other. But um, I think it just, it just was a perfect storm that allowed the Celtics to kind of compete, have these, you know, bankable assets to rebuild, uh, keep the fan base engaged and build stock in certain pieces of your team, one one being the head coach. Um, and part of that, you know, another, another aspect of that is when you go to free agents, it's like, hey, wow, we have the hottest young coaching prospect uh, in the NBA. Why don't you come here and play for us? And look at what he's doing with mediocre talent. Now, when we give him some stars, you know, now we're going to see now we're going to see some results. I mean, at some at what point do we get to Coach Killer Kyrie? I mean, are we going to? Are you in a rush? Are you in a rush? Well, you know me. It's all like we're talking about the happy times and all this fun, and I'm like, oh man, it's just. I have a lot of anger to let out. Don't worry, yeah. don't worry, Chuck. Plenty of time, plenty of time to unleash, unleash the beast. <laughs> 
can we do can we do one more happy thing? Can we talk about the the forty eight win season? We're going to continue the conversation after I tell you about our sponsors. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. Then you're watching the highlights on your phone, and your neighbor's best friend's login gets you the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. This is this is the extension of the Isaiah Thomas thing because the 48 win season is is fueled largely by uh, Isaiah, uh, but th- this season is is the culmination, right? That 48 win season. Now all of a sudden, Brad Stevens, the, the the team has turned it around. This team is is now a a a good team. But the question here was always, are they a contending team? They're a 48-win team, but now what? Like, This is where we start to get both the Brad Stevens is a coaching god. Like, This is the real meat of Brad is the, you know, he's going to be pop. He's going to be climbing up these coaching win charts. Watch out, Red R back. Brad's coming. Like, people going crazy for it. But at the same time, now we're starting to get the sports talk radio rumblings of okay, but you you know you overachieved that you know you you had your first year of whatever, then you overachieved that last year and you got swept and you you came into you you won forty eight games but you you lost in the first round again. So this is the first I think crack in the armor. You you have a season where. You're you're building up to this amazing like this amazing run and and then it's a a, a playoff fizzle if you're going to use sports talk radio terminology but this is this is where I think you started to get a lot of the people who were um maybe a little pissed off like the again I bring up the Mannix tweet the people who I rolled you know, like, Oh God, come on. Like you're really doing this. The people who saw that Stevens was getting all of this love and all of these accolades and all of this, you know, people doting on him, but they were like, can we wait until he does something before we crown him this and, and getting bounced in the playoffs after a 48 win season is, is like when they pounce, this is the first time where people really got to pounce on Stevens. Yeah. They had, uh, the, the one thing that they were holding against him, the main thing was you haven't won a playoff series yet. But, you know, this is what we do in, in uh, celebrity and sports in this country, and especially on sports talk radio. Uh, you build them up and then you tear them down. 
And so Brad wasn't going to have an endless honeymoon. Uh, you had to start finding some mistakes or uh, some some negatives in in his uh, record, and that's how it goes. That's what the talk is, and it was true. The only way for him to stop having that said about him was to win a playoff series. But again, need the players, like we said earlier. Um, they finally started to get some players after that one season. Although they did have, hey, they got David Lee for that uh, forty-eight win season. Yeah. I gotta tell you, man. He's a bum. He it, came in here just. He was. He had something he, to he, give, and he was, he just, was great until he got here. He was. He he. If I recall correctly, he had a pretty good preseason. And I saw that preseason. I was like, oh, wow. The Celtics can, like, run their offense through David Lee up in the high post. They were doing it all preseason, and it was working. I'm like, okay, this could work. I mean, here here he is, this, this big rebounder. I was thinking, like, hey, this guy could be something for for the Celtics here that, that they hadn't had is, is – a he wasn't a big name, like he was a big name role player, right? And then the regular season came around, and he just sucked. He was terrible. And where did he go after that? San Antonio. San Antonio. And started playing well. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't really playing hard. I wasn't really in shape." And I was like, "Are you, you kidding me? Are you kidding me?" I, yeah, I lost it. I lost it. Like you have got to, that guy basically robbed the Celtics. He he stole money from the Boston Celtics. I, I, he was, he was good before and he tricked us in the preseason. And then he was like, all right, I'm just going to say, and that, that's the first like glimpse of like Brad Stevens. All of a sudden, he's not getting the most out of a guy. Like he couldn't connect with David Lee, and if he if he could have, maybe this this season could have gone differently. But um, yeah, that that mm, that David Lee, the David Lee era, which I had put out of my head, it was <laughs> when you talk about when you have anger, anger. I have, Chuck, I have Mark Blount level anger. About David Lee. <laughs> yeah, I was I was about to bring up Mark, Mark Blount. So I, I recall your 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 anger. My my, I'll, I'll put it nicely. My least favorite Celtic of all time. You know, just to go back to your point, John. I mean, there's 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 perception, and then there's reality, right? So there's perception of the Celtics, and it was it was it was different among different sort of groups, right? I mean, I think this is kind of where this whole green teamers thing was born, in that. The Celtics were very – I think maybe Celtics fans are very optimistic. Um, so we kind of – we rode the wave. We were excited about this team, and, and 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 we expressed that. I don't think, though, we were fooled into thinking that they were on a path to being championship contenders, um, that we knew that the, the rebuild was still happening, that pieces needed to be made. But because Celtics fans were kind of celebrating – this sort of success that they were having, you know, the media this town had to push back 
and like scold us and be like, see, you don't know, you know, you really should be tanking, you know, you can't win, you can't win big games, you know. And and but I like to think that Ainge and Wick, they saw how everything was progressing, how Brad was proving himself. The plan was in place. And no, they didn't expect to, to turn everything around in three seasons. So, you know, I think what was happening within the Celtics organization had to be a lot of they had to be pleased with the way the process was unfolding. Um, but, you know, the perception amongst fans and sports talk radio, I mean, that's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. It doesn't necessarily matter. Right. But like you said, like, uh, the, yeah, you're right. This is, this is when green teamers started to, to come about. Like you can't, you just can't have anything nice. You can't just, you're right. Like this, this was, this was an ultimately likable team. Avery Bradley, I think, at this point had finally discovered how to dribble, which, you know, plagued him for a long time. So uh, Avery Bradley was was really good and in part of that defensive presence. Jay Crowder was part of that, that defensive-minded, you know, that chip on the shoulder. This was a team that, that was always pissed off, you know, that, you know, that the, I don't know what if this was the year the the nose boop came in. It might have been the next season, but you know the they they did play with chips on their shoulders. They did play with attitude. They played with the thing that we all hoped this past season's team could find and was very much missing from this past season's team. But this this team still had um, that that edge, even though they look they, this. You still had Kelly Olynyk. This was Terry Rozier as a rookie, and and not is a far cry from what Terry Rozier is now. Uh, Marcus Smart, Jared Sullinger is on this team. When you look at the names on this team, there's no way they should have won 48 games. But Evan Turner is, is has the ball in his hands, and Brad figures out how to use Evan Turner. And then so Brad gets a lot of credit in, in that regard, and. Brad is, is figuring out how to use these guys and get the most out of these guys, and, and they, they whip off a 48-win team. Obviously, this is the huge R.J. Hunter year where he started his Hall of Fame case. <laughs> uh, so always have a soft spot in my heart for R.J. Hunter. I don't care. Um, and and th- this is but, – but you're right. This is the pushback. This is, this is the pushback that begins. This is where the – the other side, because the only thing that you can be in Boston Sports Talk Radio is contrarian to get the people to listen to you and either get the people on your side or get people to fight you and call in and say things like, right. why can't we have nice things? The green teamer um, label, that that's really, really pisses me off because um, I think one of you said it. It was just we, we were happy that the team was improving. And why was that a bad thing? You know, uh, why is that being held against us as fans just because we're we're glad the team is better this year than it was last year? It didn't mean we were uh, Pollyanna and thought they were going to waltz to the championship. No way. We're not, it's not like that, but it's exaggerated sports talk radio. Um, I, I can I can I just sorry about, to interrupt. I, I I I do want to I do want to push back on on not not against you on the on the whole green teamer thing. 
Back to wrap up today's show in just a minute. First, got to tell you about today's sponsors. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Take my word for it. It's delicious. It tastes like a candy bar, but it is healthy. Every one of these Built Bars has 17 to 18 grams of protein, only about 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, four or five net carbs. And you got flavors like raspberry, mint brownie, German chocolate, cookies and cream. How can those delicious flavors be healthy for you? I don't know how they do it, but they do. If you've got a nut allergy, no problem. If you are on the keto diet, these work. You can go check them out. They're the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty cool. Go to Built.com and check it out. They've got a bunch of different products that are constantly dropping. They've got Built Puffs. They've got the Built Balls. Different things for different people. Gluten-free options. So go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 every time you go. Doesn't matter if you buy one box, doesn't matter if you buy, doesn't matter if you buy the assorted box and try something and then figure out which flavor you want to buy. Just use that promo code LOCK15 every time you go to Built.com for 15% off. Football is officially back. They're back on the field, pro and college, and Bet Online is your number one spot to bet on it all. So go check it out. Updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open right now at Bet Online. Head on over to the website, use your laptop, use your mobile device, and you're going to get a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. Create your profile, set it all up, use the promo code Locked On. You make your first deposit, whatever it is, they match it with their 100% welcome bonus. So you're winning right away. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers going on right now at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Because it is, it is a pejorative. It is meant to insult Celtics fans who want to just watch and enjoy and be happy about their team. Isn't that what sports is about? Aren't you supposed to watch sports as an escape so you can go watch your team and be happy about it and and if they win, you can you can be happy about, hey, yeah, Brad is a good coach, and I do like Marcus Smart. And, and the people who call fans like that green teamers, they just want to be negative and angry all the time. Like, I don't understand being so angry about sports. I know I was just joking about how pissed off I was about, you know, David Lee and all of that, but... Uh, they want to be pissed off all the time. They just want to be angry. I, I, I just don't get the, oh, you green teamers. Like, it, they're just, it's just people who want to watch basketball and have fun. Can't we do that for two and a half hours a night? Sorry, Mike. No, that's all right. But because uh, you're right there, uh, you know, everything you said is accurate. And, uh, but even when teams win, that's still the uh, what you hear out of those kind of uh, folks. You know, uh, the Patriots, look at them. They won six Super Bowls, and they, they still get shit on by, <laughs> by your random uh, talk show host. So, you know, there's always 
there, there can never be anything uh, that's good enough in their right. eyes. Right. But to get back to the Celtics, that 2016 season, you talked about the edge that they have. They played the Hawks that year in the playoffs, and they lost four games to two. If I'm not mistaken, that was the year or the series that Isaiah Thomas did this to uh, Dennis Schroeder, hit him in the head. Remember? He, he oh, yeah. He was signaling to somebody. He was signaling. And, oh, his follow-through just happened to smack Dennis Schroeder in the head <laughs> as he ran by. And he got away with it. He got fined, but he didn't get suspended in it. That was awesome. <laughs> that, was that, that was the kind of thing. And that is what led to the next year was the nose boop. And, you know, it went from there. I mean, those guys, how could you not like them? They were ready to fight to win. So that was a, that was a, a fun team to watch. So, all right. So then the, the next season – was the 2016-17 season and this is this is the year this is the first year of of Al Horford. So Al Horford goes from knocking the Celtics out of the playoffs to joining the Celtics and in Chuck's point previously he Al Horford sees a team here that I don't think if if Isaiah Thomas wasn't quite as good, or if he didn't see this level of ascent from the Celtics, I don't think Al Horford makes makes that switch because he could have still made that same amount of money in Atlanta. But th- those Atlanta Hawks team were were on the treadmill. They were they were good, but playoff disappointment. This is Mike Budenholzer not learning his lessons. These are that stretch was Budenholzer almost following in a path of. Brad Stevens of being regarded as this elite coach, but you know, you, you haven't done anything. And it, it followed him to Milwaukee until this past season. And he all the reports were that he was going to get fired if if Brooklyn had beaten Milwaukee and then he took goes off and wins a championship. Like great. But those years in Atlanta, it just was they were banging their heads against the wall. So Al Horford comes to Boston. Now Isaiah Thomas has Al Horford. As, as a running mate, finally a, a really good, um, a, a, an elite-level teammate. And that 16-17 season is Brad Stevens' first 50-win season, 53-29. and 29. Uh, They do actually make it. Uh, they, they do what people have criticized them uh, for. They, they beat Chicago. They beat Washington. And they lose to the Cavs in – the conference finals. So the Celtics make their run. They, they lose to LeBron. Um, and, you know, so be it. You lose to LeBron, right? Uh, but still, I don't think people were happy. I, I still don't think people were, were, were assuaged by like, oh, yeah, you won a couple of series. Okay, fine. My, I withdraw my criticisms of, of Brad Stevens. I, I still think people still wanted to hammer them hammer at home because now you had Al Horford and, and people got to fight against, well, you spent all the money on Al Horford, but he's he's okay, but he's not earning that money. So there was always something to fight about with, with these teams. You look at yeah. that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chuck. No, I just was saying, but – but you're right. So Horford gave us a new sort of punching bag. It was, 
you know, a hundred and how much million for a guy who doesn't rebound, right? As opposed to watching how he drastically impacted this team's offense and his ability to facilitate. Um, but there was still progress, right? But that's 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 not a hot sports take to come on to call in. Uh, hey, caller, what do, what do you have? Uh, yeah, the Celtics are making progress. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's what was happening. I don't know how you couldn't have looked at that, you know, watched that Wizards series. I mean, I was that was the series where Isaiah had the 50-plus point game. I was in the building for that game, and it was nuts, right? It was electric, and it just made you think, wow, this team – you know, if you allow yourself to escape for a moment, you're like, holy shit, this is so awesome. As opposed to thinking, well, I know there's still two players away and they're going to get crushed in the in the Eastern Conference Finals by LeBron. But in that moment, it was awesome. So, you know, again, just goes back to embracing the present with an eye on the future. And, you know, 53 wins. I don't know what more you could have expected from that team when you look at that roster you knew they had glaring holes. You know, Brown was a rookie, and he wasn't brought in as a rookie who was going to kind of impact offensively um, because, we, you know, they needed shooting. I may have been one of the fans who was not happy with that pick. I wanted to you – know, I think this was the offseason of the Jimmy Butler rooms, right? Yes, yes, it was. I, I wanted Butler. It seemed like we had Horford. We had Isaiah bring in Butler. If you're not getting Butler, we needed a shooter. Brown was not a shooter at the time. I didn't know that. I didn't know he had tremendous. No one knew. No No one knew. I love Jalen. But at the time, it didn't seem to fit. But fortunately, I am not hired by the Celtics to assess (laughs) the NCAA player's talent and uh, provide input on draft picks. So, um, anyway, progress. They were still making progress. And to me, I don't know how you could be anything but happy. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you know, they got farther than they had. Uh, you could see they were getting more talent. Adding Horford was a coup uh, because it was the first big-name free agent that they'd had the ability to sign in years, more than, I don't know, like 15 years, something like that, since they'd had salary cap space to make an offer to somebody on Horford's level. And uh, that was important, uh, you know, not just for the fact of his skill and what he could do with the team, uh, but to make other free agents maybe take a look at Boston as well. It's the Horford era, and you know what's coming up next after that. Kyrie, that's all coming up, and we're gonna talk about that as we continue the deep dive into the Brad Stevens coaching era Part four is tomorrow, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And of course, share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.